You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the Undercard. The Undercard brings you the best in hand combat sports. Featuring major interviews, current events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company, Podcast Detroit Studios, and is produced by Rochelle Witten. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Cody, and Jimmy. Welcome to the Undercard, everybody. It's been a few weeks. Maybe three, maybe two, I don't even know. Uh, welcome back to the Undercard, everybody. We got to start off the show by uh, sending our thoughts and prayers out to Donna Stevenson, who um, is, uh, you know, if you follow boxing, you know what happened on Showtime before the uh, Wilder Fury fight. Um, but everybody at the Undercard is sending thoughts to his family and him to have a full recovery. Uh, so we'll start the show off in that regards that our thoughts are out there with him. Uh, but the whole reason we wanted to do a show this week, I don't think we were planning on doing a show this week, but, um, Fury and Wilder lived up to everything you could possibly want in a boxing pay-per-view. And besides maybe a bad decision, I mean, I, you know, we'll get into that in a second, but let's talk a little bit about it. And then I have Michael Woods, uh, very, very um, insightful. I always say uh, Michael Woods knows the most about the boxing industry. I, I really do think he, he knows the ins and outs. And every time he's on our show, he makes our show a lot better. Um, and then I lean on my partner Bob Ryder for the history of the sport so with those two I kind of fill in the cracks and we try to cover boxing as much as we can but uh, Michael Woods is going to be joining us and we'll, we'll be definitely talking more of Fury and Wilder but just a general consensus before we get Michael Woods on is that you couldn't have asked for a better situation if you're Deontay Wilder and you're Tyson Fury before this fight Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua kind of had control, kind of had the negotiating power, kind of had everything momentum-wise going for them. You had the stadiums being sold out there. You have, obviously, DAZN that's come on board, and you have the momentum of Eddie Hearn, which is just, I mean, I've, I've not seen anything like it in the sport where somebody's coming on the scene and changing things so quick for the good too. So you have momentum and it's just going one way and, you know, let's just play out a couple scenarios. If Deontay Wilder wins and Tyson Fury doesn't look good, which some people suspected he wouldn't because of the layoff and, and the weight gain, even though he had a couple warm-up fights. Um, Deontay Wilder is not going to get a 50-50 spit, uh, split with Anthony Joshua. And besides not getting the 50-50 split with Anthony Joshua, he's got to go fight over there. If Tyson Fury 
um, pulls off a stunning upset uh, and, and somehow knocks out Deontay Wilder. Well, then Wilder's totally out of the mix. Ludabella's out of the mix. And then Tyson Fury has to negotiate with Eddie and um, Anthony Joshua to make uh, the fight for the lineal championship in, in, in the champion WBC championship. So uh, what happens is these two go out and I'm, I always feel on this show, I, I give you guys credit out there. If you're listening to our show, you guys are boxing fans. So I don't like to dummy down our show. So, but in case you don't know what happened and we're recapping it for you, but I like to think you guys are smart and you're out there watching is, you know, for the most part, Tyson Fury was dominating the fight and Deontay Wilder was able to score two knockdowns was able to score a knockdown in the 12th round. And out of the blue, Fury's lying there for five seconds and he gets up, you know, gets to the nine count, puts his hand on the shoulders of the ref. And instead of staying out of harm's way, he starts going and fighting Wilder. And it makes for like one of the most exciting finishes I've ever seen in boxing. And, the scorecards read one Wilder, which I don't know what that judge is thinking. One in favor of Fury, which is where I'm at. You know, even though Deontay Wilder had a great opportunity um, to finish him, he didn't. And Fury looked more consistent over the whole fight and should have won it. Uh, and then you had a draw. So I could see a draw maybe because of the two points going because of knockdowns. But I, I cannot accept the bad judge's decision. Now, in a weird vacuum that we're in, the fight was so good the decision doesn't matter. And I'll probably never, ever say that again. But the fight was so good the decision didn't matter. Everybody left feeling like they didn't lose besides the two fighters. I've 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 heard shows that cover MMA talking about uh Fury and Wilder. I've heard national coverage of Fury and Wilder. Pretty much the best case scenario that could have happened for these guys happened. Now Eddie Hearn is looking at maybe the two best heavyweights in the world, not being Anthony Joshua. And besides not being Anthony Joshua, these guys bring a ton of negotiating power. If you weren't a Tyson Fury fan before Saturday, you came away, you were a Tyson Fury fan. The things he said, uh, the way he was happy they both got out of the ring healthy, the way he was uh, kissing Wilder and was giving him praise the way after he was talking about mental health people that there there is hope and reminding people where he came from with drug, alcohol abuse, and the weight. You came away and you were a Tyson Fury fan. Wilder, all you can say about Wilder is that power is just unbelievable. I mean, one of the greatest power punchers of all time. If he lands, you're going to go down. The thing is, how did Tyson Fury get up? I mean, that's... That's the uh, the question. I mean, I just he you, just had the will. 
yeah, but still, you got the will. You got to get the will before the ten count. I mean, it's quite amazing. Like, I mean, it's just you think about it, and it wasn't one punch. It was two. It was a one-two, and then the left came as he was going down, and Wilder didn't miss that either. Like he hit it flush, and uh, Polly uh, Manginati was on uh, the Luke Thomas show, Luke right? Thomas show, Fight Nation. Yeah, and he was saying that uh, he brought up a good point, and credit goes to the ref. Most of the time, that that is waved off. Like when you see a fighter not responding at the five count, but he continued to count to ten, and Fury got up. And continued along, shuffles over the corner. That shuffle was hilarious. He just kind of like shuffles. And then comes after Wilder. It was exciting. I don't even care about the decision. And you shouldn't. You really shouldn't care. Because it was just good boxing. It was. And at the end, even though the way this thing scored, maybe both of them deserved a piece of that pie. Because Wilder eventually, and I don't know what Wilder was doing for the first fucking part of the fight. I just, sorry to drop the F-bomb, but I, I really don't know. Like, I mean, you know, um, it's, you know, it's... He was trying to go for just the one punch knockdown. True, and, but he was losing he so He could not even bad. connect with him half the time. He was losing so bad. So, um, you know, it, it's one of those situations in which uh, you have... <sighs> Like, I don't know if he was seeing the fight still, but you had Tyson Fury looking absolutely unbelievable against you. And, you know, maybe you're right. He was just relying on the power. And then when he did connect the second time, no one thought he was getting up. And uh, Tyson Fury did and, and made for an exciting fighting weekend. It's great to be talking heavyweight boxing, too. because I you love forget. it. Heavyweight's awesome. It is. Um. I got to actually text our, our next guest. I was supposed to send him a reminder, um, but I forgot to do that. Hold on. No, you keep talking while you do that. Can you do two things at once? I cannot. I can honestly not do two things at once, which is like, which is kind of funny. But um, now what I'll do <laughs> is text. Let, every, let everybody know. Okay, so I'm texting our guest to let him know. We're going to be calling him in two seconds. But he's he's so worth it. Okay, but can you... All right, back. So, Showtime gets a winner. The boxing uh, population uh, has a winner. Bars had this fight going. And what you had was Tyson Fury winning over fans. Uh, but not even when, like, after the fight was done, not like the immediate, it was even afterwards when he's in the locker room and he's in a suit and his after the fight, post-fight interviews and what he did, he just. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, let's, let's do it again. I don't. Outstanding. Right. It's one of those things where is a rematch going to live up to it? No. But, I mean, you're not going to have probably that moment where Fury gets up like that and, uh, you know, continues on. I don't think that happens. I need probably. that piece of paper. I don't think that probably happens again. But what you do probably maybe have is uh, a situation in which if Deontay Wilder does fight 
uh, Tyson Fury again. What you might have is a situation in which this fight is a bona fide blockbuster or have to see like McGregor Mayweather have to see like Mayweather Pacquiao. You might have just now have the ingredients to have something blockbusterish and something that is behind the masses and, and pop culture that translates. And that's what I was getting to in the beginning is that I've never seen like the momentum shift so much where, you know, I, I really thought Anthony Joshua was holding all the cards, but, um, you know, it's clear that Tyson Fury holds the best cards. And then after that, it might be Deontay Wilder right now. And then Anthony Joshua, um, Anthony Joshua is going to have to wait and to see if Tyson Fury, what's that noise? You don't hear that noise? I'm, I'm putting the number in. Oh, wow. Um, that's the first time it's ever come over the air, like twenty twenty three. So, anyways, um, you know, Anthony Joshua is now going to have to wait to see if Deontay Wilder is taking a rematch. There's a lot of theories out there that Deontay Wilder had the rematch clause if he lost against Tyson Fury, but um, from what I understand, Tyson Fury doesn't have the automatic rematch clause. I don't know if that. If that's true, I don't know if you're Deontay Wilder and want to fight Tyson Fury again. He was clearly outboxing you. Um, clearly, his speed is unbelievable for yeah, somebody that looks that way. He didn't. I mean, he, of course, he wasn't going to say that. But people behind the scenes. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is. Fury just um, wanted to go home and be with his family. Right. He doesn't want to talk about it now. And why? You know, that's the be- that's the worst part about it. Is like Tyson Fury fought the best fight he could possibly uh, fight. And then I think it was the Luke Thomas show, which, I mean, let's give a well, shout out to Luke. on a high note, though. I mean, let's, let's give uh, Luke Thomas show, like, amazing credit. If you're not listening to... You love uh, them. If you're not listening to Fight Nation, Channel 93 on Sirius Radio, I mean, I, I just... If you're a fight fan and you're not listening to that, and then you're not listening to the Luke Thomas show, it, it's it's... Second only to the Michael Woods uh, show, Talk Box, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, they were talking about Tyson Fury saying that he was kind of robbed of the greatest comeback in boxing. And he wasn't referring to like on the scorecards and he wasn't referring to um, that. He was referring to his life and where it was at. And, you know, once again... You know, the same reason I like Mike Tyson and the same reason I like people that aren't supposed to make it is like Mike, Mike Tyson wasn't supposed to have a it's successful story here like he is now. Tyson Fury isn't supposed to be where he is at now, you know, and, and you, you typically see the slope just continue along and they they fall into um I don't know, just like uh, disarray and their lives fall apart. You know, like uh, it doesn't even have to be athletes like Amy, Amy Winehouse and stuff like that. So it's good to see somebody come back from that. And uh, Tyson was basically saying, you know, I was kind of robbed from that. This might be one of the greatest comeback stories of all time. My weight, my alcohol abuse, my mental health, um, this much time off from the sport, which it's not easy to take time off from boxing and then come back to it. 
Um, so what we're going to do here is try to dial up Woodsy here and um, see what we get. Michael Woods here. Do me a favor. Send me a text message. That's. Oop, did it go straight to voicemail? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll call him in two seconds. Well, how about this? Let's go to our first break, and then we're going to try uh, Michael Woods on the other side. You're listening to The Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back to The Undercard, everybody. We are going to be joined here in one second by Michael Woods from the TalkBoxPodcast.com. Sponsored by Everlast. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. How are you doing, Michael? How are you doing, Mr. Snyder? Very good, my friend. Uh, well, welcome. We are joined by Michael Woods from TalkBoxPodcast.com, uh, sponsored by Everlast, the best boxing show out there. I, I, I do enjoy your show so much, and I'm excited uh, to have you on. So, Thank you, my man. Always, always a pleasure to come on, sir. <laughs> well, you know why I called you. I mean, we couldn't have had yeah. uh, a better situation happen with the Tyson Fury-Deontay uh, Wilder fight. Um, I'm just going to kind of touch what I said to my audience first because I, I think they're an educated audience, and then I want to hear what you thought of it. I kind of sure. – I, I, I don't think the decision matters. I think the fight's greater than the decision. I really do. And um, – it is what it is. Bad decisions kind of happen in the sport, but I think the f- it's it's rare to ever have a fight bigger than the decision. And I think that people will remember this fight forever. And I think gradually they'll forget about the decision. What what are your thoughts on what happened Saturday night? Oh man, I'm gonna swerve a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna knock you over the head with this a little bit. I'm <laughs> I like say it. Something that not not so many people have been thinking and saying. But let me set it up, okay? I, I'm not gonna come at you in the audience and say I'm the be all end all, and I know what the hell I'm talking, and no one else does. And I'm just I know that's the way you're supposed to speak in this age, but that's just that's <laughs> I don't think that's righteous. Here here's the setup. Okay, so Saturday night. I was working, I was calling Facebook Fight Night Live show in San Antonio, Texas. I was doing um, a color with Sean Wheelock, and we finished at like, I don't know, 1030 or something Texas time. So we're all like, okay, we want to watch this Fury Wilder fight. Uh, we were going to watch it. And it turns out like the promoters and some of the guys, they had set up shop uh, to watch the show at a local gentleman's club. I know gentleman's club is the stupidest name for it. All right. There's, <laughs> But it was called the Gentleman's Club, and it was called Sugars in San Antonio, Texas. And um, so we drove over there, and just about right as the fight was starting. And so I'm sitting down, and I'm watching it now, uh, Mr. Snyder. There's no sound uh, of the fight. They have the music playing so the people can dance and do whatever they do. And there's no sound. So all we're doing, people who are watching, by um, 
to the left of me is a former heavyweight champion of the world um, who I, I'm not going to say his name because, you know, maybe, maybe he didn't tell everyone that he was in a club. Right. But um, so he was watching it and I was watching it and then a group of about 15 people were watching it. And um, all we were seeing was the action on the screen. And I will tell you this, people were distinctly not blown away. Now, listen, that is not to say there was not appreciation for, especially what Tyson Fury was doing. We could see. Oh, we lost him. That he was okay. engaging in successful at times ring generalship. Right. But what we saw for many minutes of many rounds was a lot of posing. Sorry for both guys Michael are you there we're losing you are you still there it wasn't a fun fun Michael are you there officially lost him Here, let's uh, try calling him back, I think. Because I think we officially lost Michael. You try redialing him and we'll go from there. Hello. Hey, Mike. Mike, we can't hear you for some reason. Hello. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can hear you now. Are you there? Ah, uh, we got a bad connection. I don't know why. Can you hear us, Michael? Okay, you can hear us. Yeah, we're we're struggling to hear you right now. I can hear you, but you. Yeah, you're coming in and out. Um, here, we're gonna try calling you back in one more second. Call me on Facebook. Okay, call you on Facebook. All right. Uh, sounds good. Can we do that? Why are we having a poor network? Can I great guest? The internet went down. What? All right. We're going to try this. Michelle has a pretty good idea. 
time, so. Fingers crossed it works this time. <laughs> well, I'm calling you actually through my cell phone, but then you're going through the mic, so. Uh, okay, so. That works, okay. Totally crossed. And then I should just talk quick. Um, <laughs> so the thing is this. Then you have the miraculous 12th, 12th round knockdown, and everyone and their brother was excited by that. Okay, I don't want to come off as jaded or whatever. Um, everyone thought he was out. He saw the freaking eyes roll back in his head, and no one gets up from that. So um, that moment, to me, saved the fight. It was not an exceptional fight. You know, he's blown away because of these press releases, you know, showing it to the other people that I was there with, and they're calling the fight epic. I'm like, it wasn't epic, but... And, I think this speaks to uh, something that it, it should be pretty obvious, but maybe necessarily wasn't to me. Um, being on site is very important. Also having sound and helping the narrative along and getting the crowd noise and all that is, is very helpful. Um, when I saw the comedy box numbers, um, Bradley, these guys between the two of them only landed uh, double digits and punches in four rounds, two rounds each. Right. This wasn't heavy volume. There wasn't heavy volume. So I, I don't I, I don't want this to be my narrative of this fight, but I'm just saying, um, one guy threw like three hundred and fifty punches, the other four hundred. They threw like seven hundred punches between them. I'm sorry. It's listen, it's not all about punching to me. It's not all about volume to me. But I'm a volume guy. Um I like when guys are busy. A lot of rounds were very boring. People not pulling the trigger. So anyway, I'll, I'll shut up with the negativity. Um, <laughs> I like your point. I like your point about not focusing and fixating so much on, on the score. I like your point, but I'm having difficulty with that too. I got on a little back and forth with the WBC president, Mauricio Suleiman. I'm, I'm friendly with the guy. You know, it wasn't a mean back and forth with you or any of that stuff. Um, but last night on Twitter, he's like, Michael, I take exception. Alejandro Rochin, that was the guy who turned in the 115-111 card for um, Wilder. He's a great guy. You know, maybe he got one or two rounds wrong or something. And I'm like, no, honestly, he got the whole thing wrong. All due respect, he turned in a card that no one else had. Nobody else had that. I mean, I can't find anyone who had that card. Dan Raphael scored it for uh, Wilder 114-112, I think, a two-point margin. It's really hard to find anyone that would give a four-point margin for Wilder. So what that does for me is it, it casts a pall on the situation. On It was an interesting fight in, in, at time periods, and you loved it, and a lot of people loved it, so I'm going to go with what you guys say. I'm not going to rain on the parade. Um but it, it, messes, it messes with the sport. I'm not going to say the reputation of the sport because the reputation is already in the tank. <laughs> um, but it just pisses me off because we are going into this. Actually, this was a two-fight deal that these guys were planning on doing another one. Bradley, they shouldn't do that. They shouldn't have that. There should not be uh, two-fight deals in situations like this. And by the way, they actually ban them in... in I think in some jurisdictions and some sanctioned bodies, I should know this, I forget, I apologize. But it shouldn't be set up this way. You should have the fight, stand alone, and then if there's a call for a rematch, you know, set it up. But when I saw the draw call, and then I saw, you know, various promoters, and you, you see the people on Twitter saying, oh, rematch, rematch, rematch. I'm just like, damn it, this is too much business. This is too much orientating towards 
the sequel and the making of the money. And man, I understand this. I understand that's what life is. I understand that's what business is. I'm not, you know, I don't think I'm naive, but I just, I don't know. I was hoping for a little bit more purity. I felt a little bit let down. I guess I shouldn't. We should all be used to this. You know, you, you said in your opening statement that you said, you know, in so many words, we're used to it. We're used to bad polls in boxing. But, but damn it, we shouldn't be. You know, right. we should be attending to this. I ran about this on TalkBox um, today, and you can hear it tomorrow probably. God damn it, why aren't we fixing this? Why aren't we attending to it? Why aren't smarter people than me saying, all right, let's try to attend to it. Let's have five judges. Let's, let's, not, let's have uh, uneven rounds so it's less likely to have a draw. Let's come up with ideas. You know, this, this is a smart society. I know it acts too good, and we're wrecking the planet with climate change and all the rest. But in many ways, we very are. We are very smart, and when we put our minds to things, we, we can um, improve things. And this is one of the things that pretty well needs improving. That scorecard was was dreadful. It it, it, it hurt the sport. Maybe it didn't hurt the sport because the sport is already already used to it. But um, I don't know. This was, in other words, I'm trying to sum it up now. It was kind of a weird fight for me because I didn't see it like everyone else, and I will. Let me finish the, the story about the part in the club. Everyone who watched it with me were saying the same thing. So it's just really weird. It was because I guess we didn't have sound. And, right. You know, you, didn't, you weren't able to get caught up in the hullabaloo. And I know some people are going to say, well, would you have probably standing at this, that, and the other? And you were probably, your eyes were distracted, whatever. Maybe to a small extent, that's true. Now, I absolutely, yeah. that's the first time I've, uh, first off, we're joined by Michael Woods, who uh, has the greatest uh, boxing podcast out there. It's called TalkBoxPodcast.com. Uh, His guests are amazing. I love the five judges yeah. thing, but can I add to it? Do you mind if I add? Yes, please, God. Yeah, um, we need all the help we can get. Let's man. do it like figure skating. The one that's yeah. too high one way dropped, right. and the one that's too low dropped, and it's almost like if you're a judge right. kind of in a firing squad, you don't know if you have the right. bullet or not. So right. it takes away the corruption. Uh, yeah, okay, we can borrow from whoever is smart, and if it's freaking figure skating that's smart, borrow from figure skating. Oh, man, brother. Let's do it. I don't Take- know. Let's get behind, behind this. Um, I think, honestly, I, I told you I was having that thing with Mauricio Suleiman, and I said this on Talkbox today. He's the kind of guy, he actually tries to think about these things, and I feel like he really does like this pool. And, yeah, sometimes, honestly, he's too political and stuff because it's business, and he's staying in business. Uh, I, you know, I, I, would say, I would say that to his face, too. Um, but he's the kind of guy that actually does try to make improvements and, and, and come up with innovations. Why hasn't anyone done it? Are we are we stupid? Are we lazy? Do we like the corruption? Uh, you know what I mean? Are we, are we dolts who just can't come up with anything better? What are we? Why do we put up with this? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of stuck on it. Now, uh, we, we go from uh, a high for WBC because... Uh, it, it was, um, and I want, I'll double back on Tyson Fury, but there was a, a, a terrible moment, and we're, we're still following the situation in which WBC's longest uh, champion, Adana Stevenson, is in bad condition. Um, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a swing in a boxing weekend like that at, at that level where you, ha- you have an absolute, you know, that happens in Quebec right before. Um, What's your thoughts on? We obviously know the sport's dangerous. Um, Adonis Stevenson fighting at forty-one. What's your thoughts? My thoughts are of all the people that you expect, maybe have the trauma 
Um, you don't expect the champion, right? Because it's mostly the guys on sort of the, the losing end, the more sort of journeymen, guys that are taking you 25 unanswered punches, uh, a punishment accumulating over eight rounds, right? That's kind of the typical sort of situation. Um, so you don't expect it happening for a champion. So when you saw that, I did a double take. I said, wait, wait, what? I said, say what? Um, just a reminder, like you said, uh, the danger level in the sport is, you know, right up there with um, a few other sports. Um, it, it, it behooves us to always keep that in mind. And uh, whenever any of us are saying, ah, come on, the referee pulled the plug too early, you know, should have let him go. No, better safe than sorry. Better safe than sorry always. Um, I didn't see anyone saying that the ref did the wrong thing there. Um, he hopped in kind of as quick as he could. I thought, um, we don't know. It's a mystery of the human brain, right? Uh, why was Stevenson susceptible in, in this situation? It wasn't like it was the accumulation of, you know, eight rounds of just getting hammered, just getting pummeled. So a little bit of a mystery there. Um, I have to actually check in. I messages the uh, promoter, Ron Michelle, who usually does get back to me. I haven't heard back from him. Um, also his trainer, Sugar Hill, same thing. Uh, you know, I think these guys have been in this situation a little bit, um, you know, kind of keeping the information to themselves and sometimes that happens and so you don't want to be a pest or you're curious and you want to update people because you're in the news business but uh, I try to be respectful so I don't know the update I haven't heard of anything beyond yesterday you know being moved to stable conditions so fingers are crossed um, but you're absolutely spot on right in that you had the high and the low uh, the yin and yang there the high of that uh, you know, interesting finish in the Fury Wilder fight, and then the sadness that comes with, well, the champion really suffered severe brain trauma and uh, was in critical condition, and holy smokes, uh, this sport is uh, theater of the unexpected, and uh, and we dodged a bullet there, and hopefully Adonis is going to be okay. Yeah, we, we we were sending out our well wishes to Adonis, and, and, yeah. and you know, uh, he was the longest WBC champion, um, but uh, Moving back to Tyson Fury, because I do want to touch on this. Um, the biggest winner this weekend is Tyson Fury because he said all the right things in the in the post. He comes out um, with more fans than he ever had going in, and he had a lot of fans. And the biggest loser is Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua because I think the momentum was on their side. But now because of this fight, I'm not sure. And I think that Wilder and Fury could milk this for a little bit, and Joshua might be on the outside looking in. Un- unquestionably. Um, so a couple months ago, Kern was saying, you know what, we're going to wrap up uh, our next opposition for AJ uh, for his April fight. We're going to wrap it up by, like, before December 1st. So if Wilder... Or, and or Fury, but especially Wilder wants to do that fight, they got to let us know now. And that sort of was uh, met with uh, bewilderment by people, like why would Wilder um, make arrangements for a fight with AJ before he knows if he wins or loses to um, Fury? So uh, Eddie held off, uh, you know, kicked the can down the road there, and so the April slot is still open. Anthony Joshua is only fighting two times a year. He said that uh, he likes to go on vacation. He likes to get that away from boxing when he's, you know, not actively training and such. So, haven't been hearing too much from him. Although we popped up yesterday and started steering the pot again for, you know, Wilder. Um, but I, I think you nailed it. I, I think you uh, have your uh, have fingers on the pulse of, you know, where the leverage is right now. 
you know, AJ says, oh, come on, Wilder, where have you been, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, no, you're not in this hanbo. You know, this is this is like a love triangle here, and you're the, the, you're the romantic partner that's on the outs. Um, it's Fury Wilder, Wilder Fury. Uh, everyone was talking about it Saturday night into Sunday and Monday, and now Tuesday, it still has some legs, right? You, you had yeah. Wilder doing a press conference, a phone press conference that I talked about, you know, he had the hand injury going in and what he wants to do moving forward. And, you know, the talk is not about Anthony Josh at all. So, um, for right now, did Anthony Josh and Eddie Hearn sort of overplay their hand? Um, yeah. But is he going to be okay? Is AJ, you know, in his next fight, is he going to pack in, you know, 70,000 people at Wembley and get paid an absurd amount of money and and then wait for the winner of the next uh, Wilder Fury fight, you know, unless they want to do another one? Um, yeah, he is. He, he's going to be okay. And also, another thing that um, people sometimes tend to forget, we forget that time passes in, in six months from now, Bradley, there's probably going to be another young heavyweight um that we haven't been talking about so much today, but we're talking about and we're going to say, oh, that's someone that, that AJ can fight. So time passes, six months pass, a year passes, and then, you know, you get fresh fresh meat, fresh blood, and, um, you know, the situation changes. And also, don't forget that the promoters, the people who push these narratives and, and these storylines and these fights, they're not what they do. Um so, you know, they're going to find the people. They're going to make you salivate uh, for that next fight. Uh, they do a 22, even though I'm cynical and I've been covering for a few decades. Sometimes you hear my cynicism, like, about what I said earlier about watching the club. But um, it's going to be okay. These guys are going to do it again. Piles of money are going to be had. And, unfortunately, there's going to be another crappy um you know, judge's decision and probably I'll be ranting the next time I talk to you too. So <laughs> unless we figure out, unless we figure out our figure skating plan and, and get that off the ground. Oh, heck yeah, man. I'm going to message you right away, man. And you, you get it to the WBC, man. I mean, that, that's okay. what they do is they drop the highest. So, so the, the wilder one, probably Chuck, and then you, you get the three in the middle that kind of saw the fight, the similar, similar. And then you, you drop the, the low, you know, on a close fight. I mean, it, it's just an idea. I, I want to touch on two things and I'll let you go. I appreciate the time. You, you're absolutely great. Um, let's, let's start with big baby Miller. Wilder couldn't find range against Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury was, uh, the first guy Wilder had fought that, that was big. And Joshua is huge now that the heavyweight division isn't what it used to be. Is there any way big baby Miller and I, I can mix it with these guys, especially when you saw Tyson being able to keep people away like that? Right. Um, I think stylistically big baby Miller might have a little better time with Tyson Fury than 216-pound Deontay Wilder. Um, Wilder has those skinny legs, uh, not a big frame, has punching power, but um, the bulk isn't there. Now, can't you picture, can you picture, can't you picture Big Baby Miller kind of walking down uh, Tyson Fury a little bit more, getting up closer into his face, uh, bullying him a little bit more, right? And uh, those times when uh, Fury tries to grapple him to, to blunt his aggression. Can't you see Big Baby's 300 pounds sort of, you know, being right there with him? Oh, yeah. Being at that level as far as strength goes. Um, furthermore, I think Big Baby is also, um, let's put it this way with Wilder, nothing, nothing you don't know and everyone doesn't say. 
He's very unrefined. He's very unorthodox. Right. He's a wild, crazy swinger. Um, I could see Big Baby Miller being a little bit more dialed in as far as staying on message with a game plan. And that game plan really probably should be uh, easier said than done, I understand, but it really should be. You understand that hitting this guy's head is really hard, right? And right. Wilder did it only 17% of the time overall with his punches. Um, so what's an easier thing to hit Bradley? Son? Body. The torso. The, the body, body, right? And you say, you hear this all the time. from. And I talked to Mike Breland in the days before, and he said, I'm going to tell the guy I want him to hit the body. Hit the arms, hit everything, just hit everything. And he, he told him, and he didn't do it because he's a headhunter. And we understand he's a headhunter for a reason. He's very good at it, right? Uh, and the few next that did have two of them sent the guy to the mat. So, um, but I don't think that's necessarily the right way to play it. And he, as a matter of fact, he said in, in the days afterwards at Wilder, uh, I, I didn't stick to the game plan. Part of the game plan would be something that I think a big baby might be able to do. Uh, a little bit better, perhaps, flip the coin, and you know, who knows, really. But, uh, you know, hit that body, go to the body. He's a bigger guy. He's a, be six foot nine and 200. What, what was, uh, what was, uh, Fury on fighting it? Was he about 260? Yeah, Again, somewhere you know, 300, 300 pounds, uh, 61 uh, and 300 pounds. So, I think, um, stylistically, there's a possibility that Big Baby kind of matches up better. I'm not saying, um, that he does overall better than Wilder because Wilder does have that game-changing power, which is what won the fight or, you know, who won the fight to, to the extent that he won the rounds that he did. Um, I don't think that Big Baby Miller beats uh, Tyson Fury because Fury is, uh, his ring ownership is the best in the heavyweight division right now. Um, so, but uh, it's a fight I like. And let's just quickly sum it up with Big Baby Miller. Uh, I'm friendly with him. I like him. Dimitri Salida um, buys advertising on my website. I like to I like to admit these things to people and disclose things to people so right. they can make up their mind on whether I'm full of crap or not. Um, so there is a relationship there, and I'm, I'm friendly with him too. Um, but I will say I I want Baby Miller to uh, get one of those step up fights. He wants one. You know what I'm saying? Right. But you had Adam X, you had both Dandinu. Uh, you know, I hope for the next one that, that you get a biggie for him. Um, he's been patient. You know, I, I've been patient. Fans have been reasonably patient. It's not a patient society, so, you know, people want people want it all and want it now. Uh, but I'd like to see him step up, and whether it be AJ, whether it be, uh, you know, Wilder Fury winner, uh, there's not too many others. You know, then there's the next tier down, the Darian Whites and the Chisors and what have you. Uh, you know, so maybe he gets the sort of winner of that, although I think the winner of those guys fighting December 22nd probably fights AJ, right? I haven't seen any yeah. on it recently, but isn't that going to happen, I would think? Yeah, I would think that too. Uh, uh, yeah, I would think. I mean, that's that's the way it should play out. I mean, you know, right. but it's boxing. You never know, you know until 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 the bell rings the first round. Anything can happen. Uh, you know, the the best comment, and I know you you you're, uh, uh, had him on as a guest. Paulie uh, Maginotti uh, was on the Luke Thomas show and and said probably the best thing I heard about the fight on Saturday is that for so long Klitschko was just so good that the division got so boring. He said that um, kind of what you were pointing out, and I want to touch on it again, is that these heavyweights are so flawed. Every one of them has a flaw. And, and we were talking about Wilder. He's not a good boxer. He's got unbelievable power, maybe one of the greatest power punchers up to, with Foreman and, and Holmes and all them. But he... He couldn't box. He wasn't going to keep up with Tyson that way. He and why, and why is he and why is he throwing thirty punches around? Exactly. Like uh, I have yeah, no idea. You but have grenades. You have grenades in your hands. Throw them. <laughs> 
Right. All, all the time. Carpet, you know, bomb it, you know, just keep throwing them. But uh, Paul, Paulie said that that's probably the strength of it is that there is, there is going to be highs and lows with these guys and that everybody's going to be in the mix because no one is like Klitschko that that dominant. Oh, yeah. No, that that was the problem. Um, he, he was, honestly, him and his brother, they had that stronghold on it. And they had that risk-averse style. No one wants that, bro. You know what I mean? No one wants that risk-averse style. That's that's not why we watch fighting. So, um, yeah, I don't want to say good riddance. That, that's very rude. But oh, let's put it this way. A lot of people did feel that way. So, um, this, this, bottom line, this is no golden era. Okay, Anthony Joshua, not probably going to be an all-time great, although we want to see how he plays out. Um, Tyson Fury, I think people today are feeling like he is going to be like, you know, all-time all-star and, and uh, Hall of Famer and what have you. Let's continue to see how it plays out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I just remember two years ago, he was um, 400 pounds and, and suicidal. I'm not, not saying that that's necessarily going to happen again, right? But just let's see how it plays out, you know? Um, he went from, you know, a bum who was fighting his first ferry in Pianetta and probably was going to be in over his head against Wilder to now Wilder's a bum because he couldn't take him out. You know what I mean? So yep. kind of all over the place. Uh, Paulie's not wrong when he's saying these guys are not um, all-time greats. And that does help make it interesting. Yeah, it's a guy from kind of crappy things. Kind of crappy chins. I like to see those guys in fights because it's kill or be killed. Um, drama is almost uh, assuredly going to happen. So it's some somewhat the extent uh, to with these guys too. Um, although I, I, I think uh, I think Fury does have a, a real good chin. I think Wilder does have above average power, but uh, geez, the limitations, the limitations, limitations. Like the bottom line, what we're really saying is we're still waiting for the next Mike Tyson and that mega superstar. Is it AJ? I think people in England say it is. I think the rest of us over here who saw him get buzzed by Alex Pobetkin, who was, you know, 39 years old, um, I, we, I think we understand there are limitations in him, too. All right. Last but not least, I love to talk shop with you. The honeymoon is officially over for DAZN. Uh, Rocky versus Canelo is coming up. Uh, are you impressed with DAZN so far? And do you think that this business model can continue to work? Um, geez, that honeymoon is over pretty quick. You're tough. Um, but you're, you're, you're probably right. Um, I, here's the thing with the zone. Eddie Hearn is, um, a good dude. Um, Eddie Hearn is great, a good, a good promoter. Uh, he has great personality. And I, I, I've written this before, so this is not me talking out of turn or anything, but, um, Eddie Hearn gets kind of some of the love that a Bob Aaron does for some of the same reasons. Personality, the personality is a great Eddie Hearn will talk to every person in the room, every website guy. Uh, he's not going to leave that conference until everyone has talked to. Bob Aaron will come on my show and you know talk to everyone and such. Um, these guys, they get extra love because they're that way, so they get an extra little bit of leeway that maybe a PPC doesn't because Al Heyman, you know, is, is the man behind the curtain. Um, but the bottom line is this. Those guys all have to come up with um, A-sides versus fighting A-sides. Um, it's been a little bit thin so far. Some of the cards haven't been great. Some of the matchups haven't been great. Like the camp is not, not great. Um, it's going to be put up a shot of time soon. He's going to get a little extra time on his honeymoon because of his personality, but you're not wrong. Honeymoon time is up um, December 15th. Uh, if Canelo, say, blows out Rocky Fielding, uh, you know, there's going to be a bit of a blowback. People saying, well, that's it. You know, Fielding is a bomb. Uh, so you're exactly right. I think you summed it up when you said honeymoon's over. 
kind of put up or shut up time. Zona's been in business now uh, three and a half months. Um, let's get let's get some real good fights on here. Hey, you know, here's the thing. Um, and just about end for me because kids got to go to bed. I'm going to be screaming at me shortly. My wife is. There's been a lot of money thrown out. And the money is thrown in Brad Canelo and three hundred sixty-five million, what have you. Um, that's great, great, great for the boxers. Love that. Love to see them make a, a boatload of money. But what we got here is uh, you're paying ten dollars a month now for the zone, uh, five dollars a month for ESPN. Now on over on the other side, we're still doing pay-per-views. Showtime to stay in business is doing pay-per-views. Aram is going to be doing pay-per-views too with Lomachenko and Crawford. Um, you know, hey, Bradley, I, I'm I'm a fan first, right? Right. I, you know, I can take the shit off my taxes, but I still got to be paying for these things myself out of pocket. I'm not going to stream them, you know, illegally. I got to pay for them. I don't like it. I don't like it. So there's all this new money in the sport, but why are we still doing pay per So I'm not going to pretend. I, I don't really dig that. Um, I'd like to see the money trickle down and have it come out of their pocket and, you know, have it, have it, have it streamed. So, you know, two... You know, three million people watching on the stream. Then you have some leverage, you do some ads, and, and what have you. Um, so I guess I'm summing it up there and saying this new model is just looking kind of like uh, a whole lot like the old model, right? Yep. And that has limitations and its uh, deficiencies. And part of it, uh, heavy duty part of it, was that fight fans had to reach too far into their pockets. And uh, in this day and age, you know, everyone's not a millionaire. And uh, income inequality and all that, don't get me started. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I like, I like to see, I'd like to see more, uh, you know, more value, more bang for the buck for the fans. And that means uh, pure pay-per-views. But then again, it is America, and you don't have to buy it if you don't want it. So, well, it, man. Well, thank you so much. This is Michael Woods. Uh, go check it out, TalkBoxPodcast.com. I swear to you, it is the best boxing podcast out there. You always have the best guests, and not only that, you know your stuff. Thank you so much for joining us and summing up this weekend. We'll talk soon, my friend. Always good to talk to you, pal. Thank you for having me. Be well. All right. Take care, Michael. All right. So that's Michael Woods. Give it a shot if you've not. Uh, we were going to call Jimmy. I don't know if Skype is back up. And then we're going to blow this popsicle at the end. I mean, Woodsy comes at you, Rochelle, with so much info that you just, you're exhausted. I mean, he, he like, I, he's the guy that I go to when I have a question. And then when I have an officiating question or something like that, I go to Frank Garza. And if I have a question about history, I go to Bob Ryder. Like, I have, like, I have my people. He knows so much. Like, he'll, he'll blow me away. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like Pawn Stars. I got a guy that knows something. He knows, like, so much. And and I just feel like for if you're not listening to this podcast, you got to listen to him. Uh, second off, we could talk for hours. Like you said, he's got to put his kids away and, uh, uh, to bed and everything like that. Put them away. Yeah, put them away. But um, let's see if we can get a hold of Jimmy on Skype. We were having Skype problems, but you know what? Rochelle... The great producer, she has thought of something. I thought we weren't going to get Woodsy. And man, was he throwing some good info. All right, you got to give me a second. You can't just be like, hey. Oh, that's okay. We got to call him now. Like, I got to look up phone numbers. No. So, like, I'll say it again. Like, our, our podcast, The Undercard, I take pride in, like, 
we we have fun and and we do stuff. But there's some really good podcasts out there in uh, Talkbox Podcast, which is sponsored by uh, Everlast. And if you have Sirius XM, if you have a new car that comes with Sirius XM, uh, go to Channel 93, listen to the Luke Thomas show. Um, he co- talks MMA, but he also talks boxing. And he knows his stuff, too. And they talk shop. And when I, when I say talk shop, I'm not talking about the fights, actually. There's a there's a group of people out there that like numbers, like ratings, like to see that stuff, know the people um, behind the curtain. Absolutely love that kind of talk. All right. Rochelle, let's see if we can do it. Oh, that's actually the Skype thing. That's pretty cool. Dance party every time. Jimmy wanted to call in. We call Jimmy. Hello? Jimmy, you're live on the air. How you doing? Hey, good. Good. Sorry we had to call you. We were having Skype issues. We had Michael uh, Woods on from uh, Talkbox Podcast, and it, we just we lost internet in the studio. So I was like, oh, we'll just call Jimmy, and it, it came back up. Oh. But Rochelle was quick on her feet, and she's like, call him from your phone, put it on speakerphone. Probably not the best quality, but we did the best we could. How you been, Jimmy? Good. So why is your number coming up as unknown? Because I called you from Skype. Oh, you did call me from Skype. Oh, oh, yeah. I thought Brad was calling me from his phone. No, no, no. It worked to call you. We well, that would explain why people it. don't pick up. It comes up unknown. Mm. That's shitty. Yeah, it came up as unknown. So She's star 67, you. were a telemarketer. I was about to go off on you. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> are, you, are you happy with your cable provider? <laughs> Do you have health insurance <laughs> for 2019? It's open enrollment. Listen to me, you vampires. Exactly. So oh. you've been busy doing theater. Yeah. We've not seen you in studio in a little bit. What, what's been going on in your life? Yeah, had a little uh, had a little health issue, uh, missed a little bit, and then uh, doing some theater. Uh, we just uh, closed the Boar's Head Festival at Concordia. Um, we're now gearing up for Hamlet, which goes up in February. Uh, we'll be doing uh, twelve performances in nine days. Uh, we have six public performances, and then we have six uh, performances for high schools uh, that are coming to see the show uh, throughout the week. So it'll be uh, really good. It's uh, we, we pared it down a little bit. A little bit. It's only about two hours long, and we've set it in uh, contemporary times. So everybody's wearing suits and dresses. We've taken out a few of the these and nows to make it a little bit more understandable for maybe some high school students who either uh, haven't had no uh, uh, experience with Shakespeare or maybe just haven't quite gotten the language yet. So it should be good. All right. And then we'll uh, we'll post that on our Facebook, too, so people can know. I'm just excited yeah. that it's just not confined to a couple of days and I'll actually be able to go to it. Like, right. I, yeah, I, I need the weekends. open schedule. <laughs> right. Yeah, unfortunately, Concordia usually... Um, uh, whenever they do a show is usually just one weekend because the black box that they do the shows in, they use for banquets. Um, Concordia is a Lutheran school. They have a lot of like uh, prayer worship uh, festivals and things of that nature uh, that all use the black box. So we're usually regulated to a short, you know, one weekend kind of thing. But uh, this is a uh, through grant money. Uh, and uh, the cooperation of Concordia University, Henry Ford College, and actually Eastern now, uh, we are able to do two weekends plus the 
school uh, shows, um, and we have professional actors. Um, Tim uh, Pollock, who plays Hamlet, uh, he actually studied with the Royal Shakespeare Company in Scotland uh, for several years. He's playing our Hamlet. Uh, we have semi-professionals like myself, uh, Amanda, um, who plays Gertrude. Uh, we also have students from Concordia, from Henry Ford, and from Eastern who are all playing uh, anywhere from minor to, like, Ophelia. We have uh, Ophelia as double cast. Um, mm-hmm. We have two girls who will be alternating playing Ophelia every other day. So, and when they're not playing Ophelia, they're playing some of the other minor roles as well. Sweet, so, man. Yeah. Well, you're, you're our a big production. You're our entertainment guy, uh, and this is weird because, like, if if you had to go back of why I kind of liked boxing, uh, we know growing up, my dad would show me Tyson and some of those fights. But the other half right. of it is Rocky movies. But I have really no interest in these Creed movies. Have you gone seen Creed two yet? Or I I have seen Creed two, and it's exactly what you would expect from a Rocky movie. Uh, it's basically. Training montage. It's basically well. It's basically uh, Rocky Four, except um, uh, instead of someone dying, uh, they don't die. Um, but uh, and instead of it being training to fight in the bitter cold, they're training to fight in the scorching heat in the desert. But it's basically what's it in you know, Sochi. Is it Sochi, Russia? They're fighting the the, the tropical. Well, no, no, no. They're they're fighting. So they fought. Uh, they came to Philadelphia and L.A. and fought uh, Creed and uh, um, Ivan Ivan's son, uh, who's Victor Drago. Um, they fought once. Creed lost, of course, because they always have to lose. And then hold, hold on, Jimmy. You know, Rocky, Jimmy, like, Jimmy, I'm not, Jimmy huh? can you can you tell us the whole story? Oh. <laughs> Rochelle's getting mad because you're spoiling. I'm just saying the whole. It's a Rocky movie. It's a it's a Rocky movie. Were you able to see our right. friend uh, Zuboff? Did, was he noticeable in it, or did he play a big big part or small opponent? Um, I I I only noticed him. Um, uh, and I wasn't sure if it was him or not, but I think if they, if I remember correctly, um, he is one of the guys that's sparring with, he's either sparring with Victor or he's one of the guys that Victor fights towards the beginning of the movie. Um, but I, and I, it, cause it, it was kind of one of those, like, it took me a second to go, Oh wait, Hey, hold on a second. And then, then it was like over. And I was like, was that who I thought it was? So I wasn't exactly sure. Well, were you able to watch the Tyson uh, Wilder fight? Did you catch it at all? I, I I didn't catch it live, but I did watch it after the fact. What did you think of it? Because uh, me and Woodsy had a, a different uh, uh, opinions on it. Uh, where, where, you what and do you, who? Uh, Michael Woods. I just you know oh. call him Woodsy. But yeah. uh, like uh, we had different opinions on it. Uh, what did you think of the fight overall? I, 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 first of all, I thought it was great. Probably one of the best fights in recent memory. Um, but I had now, and and it was kind of, I try not to be biased because I knew what had happened and I knew that, you know, some people were like, Oh no, you know, this guy won or that guy won. So I always try to, if I can't watch it live, I always try to go into it with a fresh mind and not let anything, um, 
you know, uh, influenced me or whatever. Right. But I had it, I had it as a draw. I watched it three times. The first time I watched it, I had it as a draw. The second time I watched it, I had uh, Wilder winning. And the third time I watched it, I had Fury winning. So it was like, okay, so it kind of was a draw. So it's, it was so close to me. It was so close. Like it was a draw. All, you know, it was a draw or one or the other one. And it just could have gone either way. Yeah. And, uh, Tyson Fury comes away with a lot of fans. He, he did everything right. Not only did he did it, do everything right, uh, coming up, getting up from that knockdown, uh, just will be a moment. No yeah. matter what he does going forward, people remember him yeah. laying there till the oh, five yeah. count and then getting up. Uh, that's the most exciting part about it, you know, is that. Yeah. He, and then he didn't avoid him. He started going forward oh, and didn't. fighting. Yeah. Well, and, uh, uh, have you seen the uh, the meme? It's uh, they they throw in a little bit of um, uh, uh, Jim Ross. Yeah, um, the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. Like, the Undertaker just sits straight up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, the Undertaker. He's I know. Up. It's like, oh my God, that's exactly what it looks like. Well, it, it <laughs> yeah, it, it. I saw some really really funny stuff that um, if if. What happened to Adonis Stevenson didn't happen. I would if I would have shared it, and it would have probably got more legs on the undercard. But um, because uh, you know Sugar Hill's fighter, yeah. um, and you know his situation right now, um, you know there was a lot of play on the words like Tyson Fury coming back and and stuff like. So I was very careful what I was saying because like uh, you know and stuff. But definitely there were some memes out there where like he, you know, were Undertaker-ish and stuff. And uh, right. I, I, I clearly didn't think he was getting up. I mean, when he's lying there at five no. looking up, that's the look of no. not getting back up. And then boom, yeah. he's up. Yeah, that that's the look of your bells have been rung and you can't answer it. Yep. And then, but, yeah, and then he does. It, it shocked the hell out of me when he sat up. See, I, and that's the thing is I actually didn't know that he had gotten knocked down and got up. So when he got knocked down, it was actually kind of a shock for me um, because I knew that the, the fight was a draw. And I'm like, how is this fight going to be a draw? If he's if down he and out. Knocked right. down? Yeah. If he's down like this, like, wait, am I watching the wrong fight? Like I was, and then all of a sudden he sat up. I'm like, Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Now it's just got interesting. Yeah, and uh, Paul Imaginati said probably the best thing is that the credit goes to what made this fight uh, a good fight was the referee because typically a referee, if you see him like that, they're waving it off and not even counting until yeah, 10. Yeah, calling it. But he, yep. he took the time yep. to count to 10, which allowed that ending yeah. to happen, which made the whole fight, you know? Right. So he was giving credit. Right. Uh, the ref's name is, escapes me, Jeff, Jeffrey something, uh, right off the top of my head. But um, he was given a lot of credit to the referee for even making it a fight that people would talk about. Because if he waves it off right there in Deontay Wilder, yes, it's exciting. But it isn't as exciting as Tyson getting up and whether Wilder being behind on scorecards can knock him out. It, it was interesting and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. Oh, I, said I, I 100% agree. Uh, yep. Uh, so, uh, also, I uh, wanted to talk a little, uh, pro wrestling with, uh, yeah. Have you been following any wrestling or no? Uh, I mean, 
yes and no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't, you know, I haven't seen it a lot, but I've been uh, reading a lot of like the stories and I'll watch a lot of like YouTube videos, but I haven't watched it live in a little while. So I just haven't had time. Right. Well, the, so the, the Rhonda stuff's still going on and, and, and all yeah. that. And I, I just can't, I don't know. I just, maybe I'm just so biased against her or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm being honest. Maybe it is. It, I just don't know. But, um, that's continuing going on. But, um, uh, Roman Reigns, obviously, I don't know if you've been in here since we've talked about it. Um, he, um, is going to ba- battle cancer again. I believe it's leukemia. And so he yeah. left, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Bliss has been suffering from concussions, although I did hear today that uh, she's been cleared, fully cleared, and that um, so she might be back. But those were your two big, two two of the bigger superstars all of a sudden gone. It got really boring really quick. And then, like, they tried to, there's nothing you could do to predict it, but like the storylines got really bad for the last three weeks. Um, And there's nothing you can do about it because uh, health is the most important thing. But, um, right. Uh, you know the 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 flows of wrestling. You, you forget that there there are periods which are down and and low. You know, right? Yeah, and I mean even in the the heyday of excuse me, even in the heyday of WW, you know WWF WWE, even in the Attitude Era, era which was like you know besides you know. Hogan and Andre and, you know, Roddy Roddy Piper and, you know, all them, like the raw uh, attitude era was probably in most recent, like the highest pinnacle of WWE, WWF, like as far as storylines and characters and what was going on and all that kind of stuff like that. But even they had dull times, even they had times where you know wcw was doing something better or they just didn't really have much of anything because you know austin was hurt or you know they just got done with a a big event and you know the guys couldn't really pull much out so they had to kind of dig deep and they did some really weird things and yeah it's uh it's an ebb and flow it, goes, it really is. It's an ebb and flow. It goes up and down. They reach their pinnacle. Yeah, it goes up and down. You get superstars. They reach their pinnacle. Then they go on to do other things. Yeah. You know, or they, or they just, but you can't sustain. That's just it is. I think the hardest thing for them is they start relying too much on a few people. And you can't do that because you can't keep somebody at that kind of level for too long because, you know, if, if injuries happen or if, you know, they get invested in something else or, you know, whatever you, you've lost your main attractions. So now what you got, now you got to start building somebody else up. You got to have somebody like two, three, four people that are all in the spotlight at that top point. So if one drops out, you still got, you know, three others that can that pick up the slack, like right off the bat, you don't have to like actually build them up. But I think that's where they, they fall short is they just don't do that. 
Yeah, the the thing with Bliss is uh yeah, a lot of people don't even realize that WWE now, you know, tests for steroids and not only that, they um they have a concussion protocol and uh right. she's she's one good knock away from being medically retired where WWE won't use her going forward and you know that that's right. a scary thing because uh you, right. you you can't wrestle scared but you you know what I'm right. saying like Yeah. You can't wrestle scared, but at the same time, you know, if your move sets are yeah, no pile drivers in the future. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if your if your move sets or your opponent's move sets, you know, make it highly prone for concussion, you know, either you gotta change your wrestling style, change your opponents, or you gotta figure something else out. And I this is what I'm wondering. Like, I'm wondering what their concussion protocol is as far as at what point in time they can be cleared. Because if we're going from like, and I'm going purely from a, uh, a, uh, uh, an army military medical standard, if you got a guy that's got a concussion, he gets one concussion. He, after, after the MRIs, after everything is clear, he has to wait X amount of days before he can go out again. And if right. he gets another concussion, the time after it's clear is doubled after right. that second concussion because it needs more, even though everything medically is fine, they're finding that the, the downtime that they need is you have to double it for the second concussion. Then if you get a third concussion, it's now triple time. And then after that, it's no more like, no, <laughs> you can't do anything that might cause a concussion because now you're looking at almost certain permanent brain damage. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, so I, I guess in, in Bliss's case, it's it's quite simple, um, fully cleared, which is is weird because um, she had double concussion, so it was uh, both. I think Rhonda uh, Rousey's incident. And then the other thing is that she had, um, like no white spots on the CAT scan or the MRI, but she had, um, a, a line or something, but, but they think that might have came from gymnastics or something. So, uh, she's been cleared by doctors, but I, like you, very, uh, uh, interesting that two concussions that quick, you would think it would be a longer time off. And then yeah. she should not probably rush back into it because if you do rush back into it um, and, and you're not ready, you know, certain you're things just, can happen. You're so susceptible to another concussion. That's the whole point. You mm. know, your brain's got to have time to heal or it's so much more susceptible to another concussion and the next time it happens like you know come back it, wrestlemania wait wait till next spring i'd I be honest and just come right, back that's what I, I you know or or be just you know come back but don't come back necessarily as an active wrestler come back be a part of the storyline well she is a part right now it. yeah She's uh, playing you know, like female commissioner or something. I, I don't even know the right. the role or whatever, but you know how they right. do that stuff. So, right. So stay doing that for a while. You know, don't get in the ring, you know, for a bit. And even then, you know, start small, test it out. Don't, 
don't overdo it, you know. But Absolutely. I have a feeling that if she gets in the ring, she's going to go full bore, and then right, and then you know, then it's bad. Stay stay know? away from Rousey because she doesn't know technique yet. You're getting injured. <laughs> well, You're getting injured. That's the other thing too is you got to make sure that the people that she's going up against are like technically proficient and you know accidents happen but you don't want somebody who's kind of raw right. you know going against her because there's more of a chance of injuries happening exactly well once again give out give a shout out to your uh productions that are coming in and uh, we'll have you in studio soon i'm sure because uh we'll, we'll do maybe one yeah. more or two more shows before the end of the year and then 2019 yeah, yeah. i just fucking I running a, like crazy I had, a, I had car issues today so that's why i couldn't get out there um so uh, Hamlet goes up in February. Um, there'll be six performances for the public, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, two weekends, and then there's high school performances. So if anybody who's listening uh, is either a high school teacher or knows somebody who's a high school teacher uh, and they want to maybe try to get tickets, um, they can contact me. Uh, you can send an email to doc, D-O-C, Pache, at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to the Concordia Theater's website. They have uh, uh, tickets available for the, the, the performances. You can buy them online. Uh, um, and then I will not be in it because I cannot sing, but for anybody who's interested, the spring musical at Concordia will be the musical version of Little Women. And okay. I will just be doing like the sets and stuff. All right. Well, thank you much, Jimmy. Uh, we'll see you in here soon. Yeah. We'll do a couple more shows. Uh, we want to thank Bye. our take Bye, care, Jimmy. Jimmy. We want to thank our guests. Um, Bye. I miss you guys. We miss you too. It's been a long time. We'll see you soon, though. It has. All, All right. right. Talk to you later. All right. All right. And uh, we want to thank our guest, Michael Woods. Uh, I mean, like I said, between Michael Woods and uh, Jim Pache, there, uh, complete show. We're we're bolting. I feel like. Uh, it's a batting practice for other shows down the road. But Michael Woods brings so much to the table. I think we covered the Fury Wilder thing pretty good, so you got the undercard's take on it. Let's go. Ta- see everybody. Uh, I won't say next week. I can't promise that. But I'll see you guys soon. <laughs> Bye.